Welcome to a new episode of News in English, a podcast for advanced learners of English in which the news is an excuse for a tiny lesson. Today, military parade. North Korea has recently celebrated the birth anniversary of Kim Il-sung, the country's founding father. To mark the occasion, a military parade, an event in which soldiers march before important people, was organized. Weapons of all kinds were paraded or shown in the march, including recently developed missiles loaded or carried on huge trucks. There were also large canisters or cylindrical containers which are developed to protect solid fuel missiles. This type of missile has the added advantage that it cannot be detected by satellites. If you watched the event, you also saw dozens of troops in camouflage or with paint on their faces as a disguise in blocks of goose-stepping soldiers, that is, marching with the legs raised high and straight. The event served as the perfect moment to send the message to the U.S. that Pyongyang, the capital of North Korea, resented the dispatching or sending and the deployment or placing for future use of a Navy battle group off the coast of the Korean peninsula. In politics, a situation like the one described before can be referred to as brinkmanship which is when a dangerous situation is pushed to the limit or the brink, as in a precipice, to intimidate people or frighten them and to be able to force them to do what you want. In layman's terms, or in simple language, this may be called playing with fire or taking unnecessarily dangerous risks. Unfortunately, President Trump's vague threats on Twitter do little to help. His message was, I have great confidence that China will properly deal with North Korea. If they are unable to do so, the US, with its allies, will. Trump's bluster, or his aggressive, though somewhat empty threats, make it hard for China to defuse the crisis or to attempt to stop the situation from escalating or getting worse. This bellicose rhetoric or language either spoken or written that shows a desire to fight, is likely to convince Pyongyang of the necessity of upgrading or making more powerful and efficient its arsenal. The situation is fraught or tense and worrisome, that is to say, making people worried, particularly if we consider North Korea's nuclear capability is enough to kill millions of South Koreans who are aware of the strong possibility of there being a good number of weapons permanently trained on cell, that is, aimed at the capital of South Korea. And while retaliation or the action of harming those who have harmed us in the exact same way could lead to the complete destruction of North Korea, this should not bring comfort. Diplomatic attempts to curb or limit North Korea's nuclear ambitions have clearly failed, and so have UN sanctions, 
or coercive measures, such as limits on trade imposed against the country for its defiance or open refusal of international regulations. On the other hand, Xi Jinping, the Chinese president, warns all those involved should, I quote, exercise restraint and avoid doing anything to exacerbate the tense situation, end of quote. It should be noted that the current supreme leader of the country, Kim Jong-un, has granted central importance to the development of nuclear weapons for a long time. His aim is, apparently, deterrence, or the attempt to make it less likely that other countries invade or attack North Korea by making it clear how unpleasant the response would be. But repeated launch tests, five in 11 years, send the message that there is more to the accumulation of weapons than mere self-protection. The country's arsenal includes much more than nuclear threats. Apart from the 20 or so nuclear warheads, or the explosive part of a missile, North Korea possibly owns a stockpile, or supply, of about 1,000 ballistic missiles. A sixth test is expected, and it is unclear how the international community and the US will respond. At the same time, North Korea has repeatedly shown mock-ups, or models which look like the real thing, but are not, instead of real bombs. It seems likely, though, that North Korea is already capable of shrinking or reducing the size of the developed weapons and fitting them on a missile, thus putting South Korea and Japan within range. This is precisely the message the formidable or impressive parade was trying to reinforce. North Korea's military prowess or great skill and might or strength are to be reckoned with or the country wants to be taken seriously. It is the same reason why another adjective was used to describe the parade. The adjective was ominous or announcing something bad about the future. Shall we have a look at some linguistic aspects to brighten up the mood here? You may have noticed that I used North Korea's capital, Pyongyang, as a way of referring to the country. This strategy is very frequent in the field of politics and in ordinary speech as well. For example, another way of referring to the US president is by using the term the White House. We call this device metonymy. Rather than call the thing by its name, we use instead an attribute or something related to it. The same can be done by using Seoul or Beijing instead of South Korea or China. Or we can say the crown instead of a queen or a king. I have another comment, but now regarding pronunciation. You may have noticed the pronunciation for the word missile has a variant, which is more frequent in American English. Do you know it? It is missile. The same change occurs with similar words like hostile, docile, fertile, 
servile, and sterile, which in American English often become hostile, docile, fertile, servile, and sterile. That is the end of today's episode. We can't but sign off today with Hamlet. Oh, villain. Villain, smiling, damned villain. That is all for today. See you next time. Bye.